0: Hi! Welcome to James Miller Lifeology, where you learn to simplify and transform your spirit, mind and body. My name is James Miller. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a composer. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Let's get started. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to this show. When you're done listening, I hope you take a minute and write a quick review on whichever radio or podcast platform you've heard this show. Your insight will help others to be inspired and encouraged. I have a great show for you today. I'm going to help you find resilience during and after a crisis. I'll also be interviewing Cindy Colby, who shares her story of how she and her family discovered their own resilience after tragedy struck. For more information about Cindy, please visit strugglingwithserendipity.com. I have some exciting news. Did you know that I'm on the radio three times a week? You may hear me on this same station on Tuesdays at 1.30 p.m., Fridays at 9.30 a.m. and Saturday at 12.30 p.m. You may also hear me anytime on iHeartRadio as well as on all the other major podcasting platforms including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and many others. Simply search for the show name James Miller Lifeology or simply go to jamesmillerlifeology.com. Are you struggling to find your purpose? Has mediocrity set in and you can't imagine doing the same thing for the rest of your life? Are your relationship struggling or you aren't sure how to make long-lasting changes? Then contact me, James Miller. I will help you recognize the areas in your life that are going really well. And then we will look at the areas in which you're struggling. We will create actionable solutions to help you create long-lasting changes. You don't have to do this alone. Go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, Work with James. Fill out that form and it will be sent directly to me. Don't let another day go by without finding your way. Your change can start today. Once again, go to jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page Work with James. Fill out that form to get started today. Finding Your Resilience According to the English Dictionary, resilience means the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties, a form of toughness. Many of us have experienced trauma in our life or situations that completely blindsided us. But yet, you're listening to this show today. Somehow, you're able to find a form of resilience and move on. Now, some of you may hear this and think, well, I didn't really move on. Life just happened. But the reality is, there is a part of you that found the ability to live in the moment, to look for your future, and to take what was a stumbling block and find your way around it or find some form of forward movement in your life. For those of you who have listened to this show for a while, I've talked about radical acceptance quite a few times. Radical acceptance basically means you look at the facts as they are. It doesn't mean you have an emotional opinion about them. You just look at the facts today. This is what's happened. This is my life. When you're able to do that, it helps you then say, okay, now what am I going to do next? Doesn't mean you approve of the situation or doesn't mean to let somebody off the hook or that everything is fine. It just simply means these are the facts. In psychology, we talk about optimism. Optimism is one of the most powerful ways to find one's sense of resilience. Optimism means you find opportunities in every situation. Now, it doesn't mean that you're in a crisis and you're all of a sudden able to say, oh, well, this is what I'm going to do, or it's not so bad. The reality is when you use radical acceptance, it allows you to have forward thinking as opposed to past thinking. Whatever has transpired in your life, you're not going to get that back in a crisis We lose something. And in that loss, it's very easy and very understandable to get lost in what was and get stuck in that mentality. What was will never be again. But what will be does not mean it's bad or worse, it just simply is different. After the appropriate time of grieving, and that's really important that you hear that because you will grieve the loss or the trauma of whatever it is you have experienced. Once you've healthily done that, then it's important for optimism or for forward thinking to take over. And when you can look towards your future, it helps you define what you can do as opposed to what you cannot do. As we know when crisis happens, many times what we could do in the past, we can now not do in the present. So what can you do? When you can look at what your strengths are and look at what your capabilities and abilities are right now, it helps you formulate what the next step looks like. Once again, it doesn't mean you look at what was lost. You look at what you can do now. Another really great tip to help you find resilience, is ask yourself, when have I felt this way before? When have I felt so overwhelmed before? When have I felt so much despair, lost, hopeless? Now, it doesn't mean that the situation is the same, but I'm confident that you've experienced those types of emotions before. And when you can think back on that time, ask yourself, what did I do to help myself get through that? Or what did I do that did not help me? That information is key. The more you can look at your own past to help you navigate the same feelings you're feeling today, it gives you insight in what works and what does not work for you. Each one of us has some form of resilience. Now, for some people, it may be easier for them to find the optimism or to be more forward thinking, and it doesn't mean they're better or worse. It just simply means that's their natural inclination. So for each one of us, it's important that after the appropriate time of grieving, we then go to the next step of radical acceptance, of looking at the facts as they are. From there, that creates the launch pad to focus on what you can do, not what was lost, but what you can do in this moment. And when you surround yourself with those individuals who will support you, you'll start to find that your future is not bad, it's just simply different. And different can be just as beautiful. You're gonna hear a fantastic interview today with Cindy Colby. Cindy and her family are going to give you an example of how they found resilience. It's a very powerful, inspirational story. So stay tuned. Once again, go to jamesmillerlifeology.com or lifeology.tv and sign up for the free weekly recap. My guest today is Cindy Colby, who is a mother and a disability advocate. She and her daughter experienced a devastating event that altered the course of their family. Their story will inspire you and help you realize that you can turn any stumbling block and turn it into a stepping stone. Welcome to my show, Cindy.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Yes, I am really looking forward to this. I know your story is going to resonate with so many of my listeners.
1: Yes, it's a unusual one, but I it's one I many people can relate to.
0: We'll just jump right into it. You and your daughter were traveling somewhere and a devastating event happened. Would you feel comfortable walking us through that?
1: Sure. I was driving home late at night from my son's college concert. He was at Ohio State. And we were we lived about two hours away in a small town. My two daughters were in the car with me and my youngest daughter, Beth, was in the passenger seat. When we were about five minutes from home, really close. Wow. Well, I knew I was I knew I was getting tired, but I also was thinking about how close we were to home and I thought I could make it. Mm -hmm. But in a you know, a blink of time I fell asleep at the wheel, the car hit a ditch at the side of the road, flipped three times, Mm. and uh, we were lucky to be alive.
0: First off, I I can't even imagine what that would feel like as a mother, just even knowing that you were so close and being this joyful experience of seeing your son at his concert and coming Mm -hmm. home. And nobody knows how in one split second something can alter our life. And I think so many times we take that for granted and don't even realize it.
1: Right. And in that, you know, those few moments, you know, our world completely changed, not just uh, for my youngest daughter, but for me, for my family, for many of her friends. It really was uh, a big impact.
0: Yes. Yes. A life altering impact. Mm -hmm.
1: Yes. And as a result of the accident, my youngest daughter, Beth, was injured. She Sustain a spinal cord injury at in her neck, which meant that she was paralyzed from the chest down. And at the time, we, even though I had worked with disability my whole life, that was my career. Mm-hmm. I started managing group homes and worked in the disability community community in in several different ways. But despite that, it best injury was. Uh, the hardest the time after was the hardest experience I've ever had, yeah. even though I had been a caregiver before, um being a caregiver for my daughter in this situation, also feeling the guilt and depression mm, that came with it as a mom, um, right was. Um, incredibly difficult.
0: First off, thank you so much for sharing this. I know, know, I can hear how difficult this is for you and I'm sure any parents or anybody who's hearing this as well can put themselves in their shoes from our limited understanding of that and just really sit here with your emotions because it is such a a painful, like I said, Mm life-altering event. So thank you for your vulnerability. I really do appreciate that. Oh. When you, yeah, of course, when you, okay, so I'm hearing this and I can't imagine the guilt that you would be experiencing. You know, as a mm-hmm. caretaker, as as a mother whose lifelong, you know, whose mission is to care for your children, and then all of a right. sudden to uh, have do something that we've all unfortunately done before, where we get sleepy, probably shouldn't drive, but we do. And, you know, mm-hmm. we, unfortunately, your situation had uh, these powerful impacts. What was it? How did you work through that guilt?
1: It was a very long process. Something that helped tremendously was the fact that somehow, Beth was able to accept her injury very quickly. Wow. She uh, she was 14 years old, mm. a volleyball player, which suddenly had been taken away from her. and But she was somehow able to see it um, as something that happened. She couldn't change it. And because of that, she was... Very much facing forward, like what wow. can I do? 14, what what do amazing. I? Yes, what do I do now? What's next? Um, how how can I regain some independence? Because in those few moments, she lost it all. Mm. Um, now, we learned later, and we experienced that through rehab and the weeks after, with her kind of injury, she was able to regain a little strength in her arms. Oh, okay, but. Right. With her, she has a C6-7 spinal cord injury, mm-hmm. but, you know, her hands, uh, she lost finger function and she still doesn't have, uh, doesn't have that. She can only move one finger on her left hand a few inches, which is actually an amazing gift because it allows her to use her hands better. Wow. But, um... But obviously this was a, you know, a huge um, transition and uh, journey. It's also very, very hard to strengthen muscles that have been damaged with a spinal cord injury. For example, the ones in her arms. So for months and over even longer, um, she was very weak. So she could barely push herself. And that was another thing in rehab. Um, you know, they come to measure her for a wheelchair. And she turns to her physical therapist and says, well, will I get stronger faster if I get a manual chair Instead of a power oh, wheelchair. Interesting.
0: Wow. Wow. This is so amazing.
1: Yeah, and the and the physical therapist answered honestly. She said, you know, a manual chair. So that's what she got, and that's the only chair she's had since. Wow. Uh, but but in the beginning, that was even as a mom and and other people, uh, relatives and um, people watching her. It was difficult to watch her. Uh, push that wheelchair when it was so hard to push, Mm, you know, if she can kind of go across the room and she'd have to stop because her arms would tremble. I, you know, it, it's, it's tough because as a parent, you want to, you want to help and support them. But in this case, it was, uh, an additional, uh, element of, um, letting her do the difficult things Mm -hmm. and which wasn't easy also.
0: Because, yeah, not only is it compounded with the guilt of, of a parent, but also seeing their child struggle, you know, as as parents, we want to create an ideal world for, for our kids. In the ideal right. world, it's there's no struggle, there's no heartache, there's no loss, there's nothing that that could harm them. And so, unfortunately, in this situation... To see her struggle, to see her uh, do the best she can just to move across the room, I, I'm sure that was heartbreaking mm-hmm. on so many levels. You know, I'm sure trying to put on a brave face and then you walk away and you just crumble because it's so overwhelming and so painful to see.
1: Exactly. And part of my personal story is I had been diagnosed with depression at a young age. Mm-hmm. And I very much had been in denial about that. And I was in denial at the time of the accident um so part of my journey with all of this was l- learning to accept this mental health uh, reality mm-hmm. of myself and also getting to the point where i which i couldn't do at first for for a long time but getting to the point where i could ask for help where i started counseling and then much Perfect. later being able to share it with people I loved
0: hmm. and that is that's a that's a very powerful gift because when you can talk about this like you 're on national radio right now, you can to talk about this even though it's painful that 's still where the healing comes in because you the more we tell our story, the more we um, help other people with our story, the more it helps us as well so not only have you been healed through this and you continually be healed through it, but you're also helping people as well, and so it normalizes. The, the struggles that we all have, it normalizes the grief. It normalizes all these other elements that we all experience. It's been expressed in a different situation, but we've all experienced those types of things. So I I love your courage in telling your story, and I think it's fantastic that you continue to tell tell your story as well.
1: Well, I'd love to encourage people who are in crisis or struggling with depression, anxiety, any mental health mm-hmm. any mental health issue, um, to take it seriously to ask for help. And if your first attempts at that don't work, keep asking, broaden yes. your search, uh, find a, a counselor, or someone that you can talk to, mm-hmm. um, and and explore treatment options. Yes. I, I think that that's... Uh, that's an important takeaway that I hope people get from my story.
0: Yes. And you know, it's, there's so many, unfortunately nowadays there's so much stigma on mental health. You know, Mm -hmm. often if we hear stories on the news, it's, it's a, it's an extreme version of something that someone's experienced and we don't know all the reasons why they're expressing themselves, you know, why they're on the news, for example, but we all experience something. There's mental health there's, there's life struggles and there's mental health mm-hmm. struggles and there's chronic struggles. I mean, we all experience all these different types of things. And so it is so important for each one of us to be able to find that support system, like you said. You know, I always tell people, being, being a, a psychotherapist, I always tell people, you know, come go talk to go talk to somebody, even when you're doing well, because when you hear how well you're doing, it creates a really good baseline for you to say, wow, I'm really proud of myself. Or if you think you're doing really well. And then you start to talk to this therapist, you know, once or twice, you may say, well, you know, I may have some blind spots here that I didn't realize were there. So since I am doing well, let me tweak a little bit of things that I'm doing and let me be even more healthy in my life. So it doesn't mean you have to go see a therapist if you're struggling, struggling, which is important, but you can also see it if you see, see someone, if you're doing well, because it also just bolsters where you currently are.
1: Oh, right. I completely, completely agree with that. I think it's a long-term thing that we need to think of it that way.
0: Mm-hmm. Switching gears here just for a minute, your daughter Beth sounds amazing. Uh, you know, hearing hearing the story of how you know, 14 years old and a volleyball player is in the front seat of her car and she's going home every day, you know, just seemed like a normal day for her and then right. to wake up the next day or to wake up and all of a sudden not be able to move. But the more important thing is to find that resilience. And we Mm -hmm. all have a form of resilience, but the fact that your 14-year-old daughter at that time was able to find that resilience, I I, I commend her. I applaud her. I, I can't even imagine how she was able to do that. Is this part of her normal personality, or what do you think it was that caused it?
1: Right. Uh, you know, I've written quite a bit about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we don't know exactly. Mm-hmm. Even Beth, she'll joke about it. She'll, she'll say that, well, she was in shock after the accident. So, you know, she didn't really, mm-hmm. because it is is really um, unusual. Yeah, it really That's is. Her her acceptance, and then just the moving forward aspect. And for a long time, I expected the shoe to drop. I expected her mm. something to happen where she was constantly trying new things and doing thing, trying to do more with her hands. Uh, and I I anticipated that she was just going to hit something that that she couldn't do that mm. might that might be. Uh, a turning point. Um, Thankfully, there wasn't. And it's more than resilience, I believe, with Beth. It's also an amazing worldview because Mm. she never accepted society's expectations for her disability. Um, Oh, interesting. Right. So she never saw it as something that was going to limit limit her choices in the future, which is amazing because even those of us who are able-bodied often feel limited Mm -hmm. uh, with those choices (laughs) with our futures. Um, so that, but that served her incredibly well. She's had the most exciting life of anybody I know, but I, but I hesitate to, um, but I also need to say that, you know, none of it was easy. It took her four years, um, hard work mm-hmm. every day to figure out how she could be ind- independent in her self-care, which is a rare thing for someone with quadriplegia. Yes,
0: it really is. Wow. Mm-hmm. And she was right. able to do it?
1: Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, right. Live independently. I mean, obviously she needed, uh, an accessible environment, you know, that she could access, uh, you know, uh, living space mm-hmm. with a ramp or whatever or elevators. Sure. But but within that, yes, um she's independent and from there that confidence when she was able to attain that fueled so many other mm. amazing things. I call them serendipity things. Um partly be- partly serendipity, just fortunate accidents, but also mm-hmm. partly her um outlook and her being open to opportunities yes
0: and that's beautiful the serendipity part of that yes to be open because when you look for something you find it you know if i'm if i'm constantly looking for everything negative in my life that's going to happen or that is happening that's really all i see and that creates the outlook that i'm this this angry you know pessimistic person but if i'm looking for the joy in my life if i'm looking for the blessings that are all around me when you look for something like i said you find it and that's what changes one's outlook
1: Exactly, we lived in a small town in Ohio. My two oldest children uh, went to college in Ohio. we just assumed Beth would. Mm-hmm. Well, she she ended up applying to Harvard and oh, wow. get and getting in.
0: Oh my gosh!
1: Uh, so <laughs> that amazing. was a huge thing. Holy moly. Uh, in our family. Yes, <laughs>
0: that's amazing. <laughs>
1: um, and. So many other things. Uh, there's a whole part of the story with uh, of her story that I was able that I was lucky enough to share much of it, where she actually learned how to swim, oh my gosh. even though she wasn't a swimmer before her injury. So I'm just going to fast forward on this because I know um, we don't want to take. Um, an hour on this part alone but just to tell you where that ended up um, she was able to learn to do all the strokes Mm. and her legs don't move you know so when she's doing like a forward freestyle her legs drag behind her she can't cut the water with her hands because um, of her finger function Mm -hmm. with no uh, um, lack of finger function I should say but with all that, she swam on the U.S. Paralympic National Swim Team for five years. Wow. And three of those years, she also was a varsity member on the Harvard Women's Swimming and Diving Team. What? Yeah. You know, yeah, uh, Division I school. You know, wow. uh, you, she never expected that. She never asked for that. She asked initially if she could practice with the team. And once she was practicing with the team just once or twice a week, the coaches said were saying, Well, why don't you come a few more times a week? Mm-hmm. And then why don't and then they invited her to be on the team. Uh they valued what she could offer, even though she never scored a point at a swim meet.
0: Wow. It's just inspiring. I'm I'm hearing this and I'm just totally mm-hmm. inspired by 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 your story. Um yeah to have her be on that team, I'm sure is so inspiring for her teammates, but also just for the audience as well. Mm-hmm. Wow. That is that is amazing, you, and today, if um, if I understand correctly, isn't she's a lawyer, right?
1: Yes, she is getting married in a few weeks. Oh, DC. that's wonderful. Yes, her her husband has a startup in urban planning, actually. Oh, and, that's amazing. Uh, Beth is a health policy lawyer. She does a lot of pro bono work for businesses and nonprofits and individuals in the disability community. She's passionate about giving back, um, as I am also, and um, I I do a lot of volunteer work. I'm a peer mentor for the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation. Oh, great. And um, I've been involved with mental health nonprofits, too. I... I'm uh, passionate about and giving back.
0: Yes, and that's, and in doing that once again, not only is you, you've, you were an advocate before, you were a family member who was a caretaker, and now you're merging those two things together and going out once again and really understanding what the family system may struggle with and how to really help them, not only as a, as a person who's experienced it, but also as, as an advocate as well.
1: Yes. I, I hope, I mean, I'm realistic. I, I don't think I'll change the world, but I, I would like to think that I could, I've always tried to make a small difference.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it sounds like you're doing a fantastic job, especially with the story that you, that you tell. I mean, I know my listeners are very inspired by this. I mean, your daughter sounds you, 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 you and your whole family sound like an amazing family, but really inspired with Beth's ability to take us, like I said, at the beginning of this, of this interview, to take a stumbling block and turn it into a stepping stone right yeah, right she amazing. really did yeah <laughs> well cindy unfortunately our time is up thank you so much for being vulnerable sharing your story and everything that you and your family have experienced and how you've overcome it and how you continue to inspire and motivate the people around you if my listeners would like to find out more information about you and everything you're doing where are they find this information online
1: yes i have a website it's called strugglingwithserendipity.com and i have a st- On there, there's a Struggling with Serendipity blog and also information on many articles I've published and a book that recently came out.
0: Excellent. Well, that is so exciting. So thank you so much for being an amazing guest on my show today. I really do appreciate all your time.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap